Hi, and welcome back to The Abnormal Christian. I am Brad Mason. I am here again with Natasha Mason. <laughs> Hi. Did you like that? You were waiting for some kind of a verb or something there? An some adjective. Kind of adjective. Uh, yeah. Yes. With my wonderful wife, Natasha Mason. So we're back again. Uh, this week, uh, this episode is going to be Acts chapter... Cinco. Six? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Acts chapter 5. So we're back again with Acts chapter 5, the study of the book of Acts, and we hope uh, you're getting something out of this. Uh, we hope you're learning a little bit. So we're going to kind of uh, pick up where we left off. I want to kind of go back to chapter 4 a little bit. Um, and chapter 1, I'll hit them real quick. I'm not going to be able to do this when we get into the 20s. And, I, I, I'm wondering, like, yeah, how, how much gonna... longer are you going to do this? <laughs> well, Maybe I keep just us... do the chapter before. I want to keep us fresh. Well, well, let's pick up with chapter 4. So we know Jesus ascended to the heaven. We know the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost. We know that they went up to the temple. We know they met the lame man, and they are in the temple. Um, chapter 4, we're going to pick up in uh, verse 1. Um, of, and we'll do the same thing we've been doing. We will pause and I will throw some information and things about the scripture and what's happening here. So this is really interesting. Um, and we're going to start off, go ahead and go ahead. I'm just going to go, go ahead. <laughs> Starting chapter five and verse one, but a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife sold a possession and kept back part of the price. His wife also being privy to it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came on all of them that heard these things. All right, so we're going to pause right there. So at the beginning of this chapter, we come to Ananias and his wife, Sapphira. So uh, at the end of the previous chapter, everyone was... Um that was becoming a believer, uh, were gathering together. The scripture says that they went out and they sold their property. They sold the things that they had and the things that they owned, and they put them all together, and they laid the money down at the apostles' feet, and then the apostles would separate it and distribute it among those who had a need. Um, it also went in to talk about the Levite uh, at the end of the chapter who brought his uh, what he had sold and the money he had gotten from his property. Off the top of that, I want to point out quickly, too, that they were taking care of each other as in family. Um, they weren't distributing the money to anyone who was not a believer. Um, so this is really important. It's key to show that they had no ties to this world, but they were only tied to one another. They were tied to their brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Um, so we come into chapter uh, 5, and Ananias and Sapphira want to be a part of this group. Um, and so we have this story of where they've gone and they've sold their property. And the two of them got together and they decided that they were going to give a portion of the money that they had gotten and they were going to hold back a portion. Okay. And so he comes in, Ananias comes in and Peter lays this, uh, this charge at his feet. He knows what Ananias has done because the Holy spirit has revealed it to Peter. And he says, why are you doing this? Um, interestingly enough, if Ananias would have, uh, admitted it, or if Ananias would have said, here is some of the money that I got from the property. Um, he might've been okay. He might've been okay to say, 
you know, I'm going to give a portion. I'm going to keep a portion. That might have been okay. Uh, but instead, he, the scripture says, um, Peter lays out that Satan had been in his heart. He said, why has Satan, you, you know, got you to do this? Why have you conspired to lie? Not to me. Peter didn't say, why are you lying to me? Or why are you lying to the apostles and the people that are here? He says, why are you conspiring to lie to the Holy Spirit? Which is really important. Um, so then, uh, immediately, Ananias drops dead, right? He fell down and gave up the ghost. He died. Um, so interesting. Uh, let's continue on, and then I'll give some thought on that. Okay. And the young men arose, wound, wound him up, and carried him out and buried him. And it was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether ye sold the land for so much. And she said, Yea, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, How is it that ye have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door, and shall carry thee out. Then she fell down straightway at his feet, and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in, and found her dead, and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. And great fear came upon, upon all the church, and upon as many as heard these things. All right. So it's Paul's there. So uh, his wife comes in, Sapphira comes in, and she uh, is asked the question. Here she's given the opportunity to confess, um, right? She's given the opportunity to say, uh, you know, that wasn't all the money that we had. She could, you know, if she had said, uh, no, we were only going to give a part and we were going to keep the other part, she might still have lived through this. But instead, she decides she's going to lie, just like her husband did, to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. So uh, in the same fashion, uh, Peter tells her that the men who carried your husband out their feet they're standing at the door they're going to carry you away just like they carried him and then the bible says that she fell down dead interestingly so there's a lot of um there's a lot of commentary you can find a lot of commentary on this portion of scripture because there's a lot of different opinions as to why this occurred um one of the one i have to say it's one of the worst commentaries i read um it was um, someone said that peter was acting like a child and that he was upset with them because they were holding back money and so he killed them both and that's ridiculous. And I'll, I'll prove that that's ridiculous because Peter, number one, says that they're withholding from the Holy Spirit. He knew that because the Holy Spirit revealed it to him. It's the only way Peter would have known this is if the Holy Spirit revealed it to him. Number two, the disciples, this is a very important, I want everybody to listen. The disciples, the apostles, did nothing without the power of God. Peter never healed anyone. God did it through him. Do you understand that? So what happens here is not Peter touching or talking to these people and them dropping dead. It is the power of God that took their life. It's not Peter. Peter had nothing to do with it. Peter didn't, you know, he, he's not, uh, I think the way the common, the commentary on that was, is it seemed like Peter had been given this power. Ooh, you got this power now and you can do good or bad with it if you want to, because you've got this power. It's not a superhero type deal. That's not how this works. The power is the Holy spirit, the Holy ghost. It's, it's coming from him. And so when they drop dead, this is an action of God and the Holy ghost. This is not an action of Peter's own personal ability to do so. Um, the reason this occurred, and this is really important, is because this is where the, the congregation, I'm going to use that word, this is where the congregation or the body of Christ is being established. New believers are coming out in Jerusalem. People are coming. And this is an example that God will not compete with anyone 
for fame, glory, position, authority. He's not going to compete with anyone for that at the beginning of the congregation, the body of Christ. There's no competition here. You're not going to come in and try and impress people with uh, your gift and, and then hold a little back for yourself and try and, you know, you're not going to lie to God. That's not how he wanted his, his congregation to start. It wasn't going to be found, found, founded upon lies. Um, and we see that this is exactly why they died is because they came in, they conspired against God and they lied to God. And it was God himself who took their lives. Now people can argue and, and, and disagree all day long with me. That's fine. I don't care. Um, if God desires to take us today or tomorrow or at any time, it's up to him. It's his pleasure. We are the creation. We are not the creator, but God here, he has every right to do so. And they lied to God and the Holy Ghost. And because of what they did and what happened to them, the scripture says that fear fell upon the whole body, right? Mm-hmm. So and the great whole... fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. Right. Because it had to be, they had to have this understanding that what we were believing and what we were preaching and what we were teaching is so crucially important that it cannot be based on a lie anywhere. We can't do that. And even in today's modern society, it's amazing. It still amazes me that there are people who are walking around abusing the name of God, abusing the name of Jesus, abusing the word of God. And it is only God's long suffering and mercy and patience that continues to let them walk around and do that. Um, and the Lord, I, he is very patient and long suffering towards us. Um, but in this case, at the foundation of the congregation, the body of Christ, he was not going to have it. That was not going to happen. And so he went ahead and corrected that. So this is what happened to Ananias and Sapphira. So continue on. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And of the rest durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. All right, so here, here we are again. They're back in the temple, and they're back, and they're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Remember, they were threatened. Don't you do that. Don't go out there and preach in that name. Don't talk about Yeshua. We don't want to hear that. They were threatened. Don't do that. They were threatened in the temple, and here they are back in the temple, and they're preaching again. And the scripture says many are added to them. And then the people, because of, of what was going on, because of the, the transformation of the gospel, um, they were bringing the sick and the lame into the street and they were laying them on the side of the road and they were just hoping that Peter would walk by just so that his shadow might pass over someone because they knew it wasn't the shadow of Peter that healed people. It wasn't Peter himself. They knew that it was the Holy Ghost inside of Peter. It's the power of God in him that can heal. And so they wanted him to walk by. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. Then the high priest rose up, and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation, and laid their hands on the apostles, and put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors, and brought them forth, and said, Go, stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest came, and they that were with him, and called the council together, and all the senate of the children of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. 
But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying, The prison truly found, we shut with all safety, and the keepers standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man within. Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these things, they doubted of them whereunto this would grow. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom ye put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. All right, so this is, I think this is a bit of, um, yeah. Uh, I don't know if this is God's humor, but it's kind of funny. Um, so they take them and they throw them in prison and they want to keep them there until the next day when they're going to try them for, you know, whatever, preaching the gospel. They're really upset with them. It's the Sadducees again. Remember, the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. Here they are preaching this Jesus Christ who is or Yeshua who's risen from the dead. And that is really incensing them. People are getting saved everywhere. People are giving their lives to God and people are proclaiming that Yahweh is, is, is Almighty God and Yeshua is his Messiah. And the Sadducees are just bent out of so they throw them in jail and we're going to lock them up. We're going to keep them there all night. And then the, the scripture says, the angel of the Lord comes unto him and he says, go uh, and go to the temple and preach these words of life. Right? So to me, that's, that's fantastic because it's just like, you know, the, the, the next scripture talks about how they send someone to go loose them and get them out of prison and bring them. And they're like, well, we can't find them. They're, they're gone. The prison is locked and it's secure and it's, and it's, um, no one's in there and we, we don't know what happened. And then somebody strolls in and is like, oh yeah, the guys you're, uh, the guys you're looking for, uh, they're right over there. They're in the, they're in the temple and they're preaching the gospel, what you told them not to preach. And so I love that because it's just this, uh, it's this moment of, uh, authority of God that it doesn't matter. You're going to lock my people in prison. Okay. I'll take them out and I'll put them right back in the temple so they can preach again. Um, so that's fantastic. Now, I want to get into a little bit, talk about the Sadducees. We discussed them a little bit. There's a few things that uh, you have to understand. Um, we talked about the differences between the Sadducees and the Pharisees. So uh, there are two different actual groups of Sadducees. There is the... Um, the regular Sadducees, which would be uh, Sadducees, and then there's the lesser Sadducees. So the Sadducees were a group that um, that ran the temple. We talked about that. Sadducees means uh, sitting or sit, uh, the sitting ones. Uh, that's generally what it means. Um, but there, there were 71, 71 Sadducees, members of the Sadducees, in the temple. Um, the lesser Sadducees would be about 23 people, and they would be at the synagogue spread out through uh, Israel. Um, so your, your main Sadducee groups, it's a group of 71 men, and uh, there's usually a leader in that group, and, um, and they're all, all these Sadducees are really upset because of what the uh, apostles have been preaching. Um, the Sadducees, interestingly enough, um, we, I think I mentioned in one of our other podcasts, they, I think they were around like 167 um, AD. I'm sorry, BC, 167 BC. And they kind of fell apart around 73 um, CE, current era AD. Um, but anyway, so after the temple fell, the Sadducees kind of fell apart. They uh, turned into a different group and, and they've been gone ever since. But in this period, they're the ones who are ruling at the temple right now. And they're the ones who are really in charge of everything. And when you, when you read about them in the scripture, I think we get this mentality that there's three or four guys there, right? We, we think uh, three or four angry guys show up. No, no, this is 71 men. 71 from uh, you know all around Jerusalem, they've come and they rule on this council and they sat in a grand hall and they, they would judge from there. So that was their jobs. So continue on. Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence for they feared the people lest they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council and the high priest asked them saying, did we not straightly command you that ye should not teach in this name. 
And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him them uh they're standing before the sadducees and the sadducees are saying it's interesting to me because they're like uh you're out there stirring up the people and you're trying to lay this at our feet that we did this um and they're kind of saying it's almost like they're saying we didn't do it don't blame us right and then the first thing out of peter's mouth is yeah you did this and i mean he points it right to him that you crucified jesus that you killed him and and, and god raised him up um, so it's very it's very interesting to me that they want to argue against that and then peter going to point is going to point it out um, continue on when they heard that, they were cut to the heart, and took counsel to slay them. Then stood there up one in the council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, 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 a doctor of the law, had in reputation among all the people, and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space, and said unto them, Ye men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what ye intend to do as touching these men. For the, before these days rose up Thutis, boasting himself to be somebody, to whom a number of men, about four hundred, joined themselves, who was slain, and all, as many as obeyed him, were scattered and brought to naught. After this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the days of the taxing, and drew away much people after him, he also perished, and all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men, and let them alone. For it is this counsel, or this work be of men, it will come to naught. All right, so uh, the story is uh, this man stands up, and he's going to tell the Sadducees. He, uh, it says here he's a Pharisee. Um, but it says that Gamaliel stands up, and he talks to the Sadducees. He puts them away to the side so they can have their uh, counsel, and they can confer with one another. Um, there's Interestingly, I'm going to throw a little bit of knowledge. I'm going to ask you a question, because this is really interesting. Mm. Gamaliel had sons. Do you know who one of Gamaliel's sons was? This old, you'll like this. Mm. He's, now you got to think, Gamaliel is in the temple, and he's, he's one of these, um, he's a Pharisee, but he's one of the high rollers. So Gamaliel has a son who's in the temple with him. Who would his son be? Paul? No. Oh. There was a man, I'll give you a clue. There was a man who came to Jesus by night and asked a question. And he said, what must I do to be saved? What was that man's name? <laughs> the look on your face. A, it's what? fantastic. Who you're, is it? You're like, Nicodemus. Oh. So remember, Nicodemus comes to Jesus and he says, what must I do to be saved? And he says, you have to be born again. Gamaliel is Nicodemus's father. Mm. Ah, so well, you see this name in the scripture. So Gamaliel only appears, I believe, twice at the most that you're going to see this name. You'll also see this name again in the book of Acts. And it's going to be related to someone else who said that they sat at Gamaliel's feet and they learned the law from Gamaliel. 
So we're going to see that later on in the book of Acts, and I'll save that. Um, but this is interesting. So Gamaliel, and uh, there's some, uh, the, the rabbis and the sages all have uh, different opinions about what who Gamaliel was and what his role was. Um, some believe that he was the leader of all of the Sadducees and Pharisees, that he was the, basically the highest uh, keeper of the law uh, among these judges, um, and that's why they listened to him, is because they gave him um, space to speak his mind. So interestingly enough, Gamaliel stands up, and he says, you know what? He says, um, we need to leave him alone. And he said, here's why. He says, there were two guys that have come before these guys. There was one guy, Theodos, right? So Theodos comes along and Theodos stirred up some people. And Theodos and all of his people uh, were killed. And then he says, there's another who comes along, is Judas of Galilee. And Judas of Galilee stirs up people and he's killed. So um, I went back and if you look in some historical records, Josephus writes about some of this. Well, Theodos apparently had uh, stirred up some folks and told them that uh, about 400 of them. And he said uh, he was going to take them to the River Jordan. He said, sell all your stuff. We're going to go to the River Jordan. I'm going to split the River Jordan like Moses and we're going to cross over and get out of here. Because they were, uh, understand that this area was controlled by the Romans and everybody wanted to be free of the Romans. So he goes down to the river Jordan and he can't split the river Jordan and the Romans roll up on him and kill them all. And so that's what, that's what happened with Theodos. So, um, then you have, uh, Judas of Galilee. So Judas of Galilee, what he did was he, uh, led a revolt against the Romans during taxation. Um, when they wanted to tax the people, he got a bunch of people together and they rose up and we're not paying taxes. Well, the Romans rolled in and they burned all their houses and they killed all the people. Um, so this is what's going on in the scripture here. So what he's saying is, is if they are of God and if what they say is true, then they'll, it, we can't stop it. He says, but if it's fake and it's false, just like the other man, it's going to be, it's going to go away. They're going to be killed or they're, they're believers. Their disciples are just going to wonder. And that's the honest truth. And I mean, here he is honestly speaking truth. And this is one of the reasons that we know the word of God to be true because it's been with us for 2000 years. There are people who still die for this today. The very living word of God, this bread of life that we have, we know it's true because we've been bound to it. And we know the God who lives in us. And we know the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost that we have is the same that Peter and John and the apostles had. So interestingly, he's almost prophetic here. This is almost a prophecy coming out of Gamaliel's mouth. And he doesn't know it because he's saying if it's true, it'll continue on. And guess what? It continued on. So where are we at here? Verse 39. But if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it, lest haply ye be found even to fight against God. And to find they and to him they agreed, and when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. So this is fantastic. Uh, this is absolutely fantastic. Uh, this ending of this chapter is great because I want to point out some things here real quick. Um, Gamaliel's advice is let's let them alone, leave them alone. And then, uh, you know, if it goes away, it goes away. And then they bring them in and they thusly beat them. So it's, I don't understand that. That that part I'm going to have to go with. I, I, it's just, I don't get it. Um, so it's like, we're going to leave them alone. We're going to rough them up before we let them go. And then they do the same thing again. We're going to, so now he's already made the, 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 
proclamation that if you fight against them, you're fighting against God. Because if they're true, then you're, you don't want to be found guilty of fighting against God, right? So that's exactly what happens. So they come in, they bring them in, they beat them up, and they tell them, stop preaching in the name of Jesus. We don't want to hear this. Stop telling people about Yeshua and the Messiah because it's offensive. You're saying he's risen from the dead, and we're ha- we just can't have this. And uh, so the disciples leave, or Peter, they leave, and they go out, and they rejoice, right? And they rejoice in the fact that they were beaten up. They take that as a, uh, a wonderful sign to them that they are, they take it as something as they're willing to suffer. They were willing to suffer for the cause of Christ. They counted worthy to suffer shame for Absolutely. his name. So this is another, uh, at the end of this chapter, I really want to point out too here that um, the idea that we go through this life as Christians and it's supposed to be easy and that there's not going to be trials and hardships is far from the truth. Um, if you are a believer, you're going to struggle. There's going to be struggles. Um, we might not get taken into the streets and be beaten. Some people in the world are. I mean, I mean, um, there's articles you can go online and search in India, in Afghanistan, and a lot of places in the Middle East. There are people who are dying every day for the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're being killed and beaten just like these men were in the scriptures. Um, so it's an, a very offensive thing to me, and it should be. I won't say offensive. It's something I don't like doesn't offend me at all, but I don't like it when people sit and say Christianity and Christians should be easy and that worshiping God is not going to cost you anything. Um, The opposite of that is completely true. The scripture says it's supposed to cost everything you have. Everything that you are is supposed to be laid down at the foot of Jesus and everything that you were is supposed to be gone. Um, And so it's going to cost you uh, everything around you. If you live and you walk in that life and you walk in that newness of life as the disciples and the apostles did here, you're going to have struggles. You look at the Sadducees and the Pharisees that sit around and judged them. Get imagine that's your friends, that's your family, that's people that you work with. Those are the Sadducees around you. They think they know what religion is about, and they don't, and you do. But they're going to judge you with the knowledge that they think they have. It's this idea that you know, well, I'm a good person, and and you're saying I'm a sinner, and I don't like that. You need to stop talking about that. So we see that here. They've come out of the temple, they've been roughed up, they've been beaten up, and they're praising and and rejoicing in sorrow, which is fantastic, and uh, it's wonderful. This is a great chapter, so uh, we're going to come back to you next time with Acts chapter 6. Um, and we, uh, we'll get dig into that and pull out some really cool stuff and, and hopefully have a good time with that. We appreciate you listening to this. Please like, and share the uh, podcast. Uh, if you want to share this study with other folks, that'd be great. Um, and we will be back with another episode next week. Bye.